0: Welcome to Beyond the Field Podcast,
1: your weekly dose of finance, property, and epic people doing epic things, powered
2: by the team at the Money Empire. Get informed and entertained with the coolest cats in the business.
0: My name is Kane Wallstrom. I'm Goran Lonka. I'm Eason Asiwa. Today, we are going to talk about building shortages in supplies, which is really topical at the moment, and a real, what am I about to say here? Bad spot we're sitting in. And
2: it's got no sign of slowing down.
0: It doesn't. know. there's so many intricacies and factors to this, but you know, there there is a, a picture being painted from the media. It's all doom and gloom.
1: Well, if you if you think back a year and a half ago, when we chatted, what are the overall effects of COVID? We always said even back then there was the here and now, but we also knew that a lot of the impact, or well the true impact, we wouldn't see for 12 to 18 mm. months. And I guess this, guess this is sort of yep. painting the picture on where we thought we were going to be 18 months ago, and everyone said the supply chain was always going to be impacted. Yep. Um, it was just probably unclear then what areas of supply was going to be impacted.
0: There's so. a couple of things that I'll throw out there. I know JIB is at least like three month lead times. I have heard even like six months in some cases prenatal trusses for roofs eight month lead time and um, I know some building companies are actually going back to the old way of building them on site and then getting them ticked off which is obviously slow but they want to get into it straight away Um, other materials uh, they're definitely lacking and I have heard stories where building sites have been invaded over weekends at night with cranes picking up materials off sites I know, and i know firsthand from a client uh sorry from a friend's perspective in this space
2: small builders i know well, i don't know if this is public news they're driving around Auckland with trailers mate and to get supplies
0: and that's not bodies from covid right <laughs>
2: we're not here to discuss COVID, thank you very much but yeah that's that's just the way the world in new zealand right now with new builds what what is driving it what is driving it
1: um don't we have a whole country uh, full of wood
2: yeah, I well. that's the thing. Like, do we actually sell the goods offshore of the materials that we lack in?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, there's heaps of things, I suppose. Um What has been able to really reach our ports, you know, we've been closed up shop for a long time. How long were bloody... Um, container ships and that floating in the ocean. so this and they all, couldn't enter. Yeah, and this is all comes know? back
1: to the global supply chain being affected. You know, so, something that's held up in Panama Canal is being delayed by the time it gets down to Australia. By the time it gets to New yeah. Zealand, this is where the real delay yeah. in certain materials yeah. um, are just being held up.
0: So definitely, that space um, cost of these materials and cost to freight them here. You, I've heard stories of containers going from five grand to twenty thousand dollars. You know, that markup of what you're trying to sell is incredible. Um, inflation, wages, labour, trying to get labour. We've got such a labour shortage of skilled people trying to get chippies and builders. I know um, builders trying to get extra staff and they just can't find them. And they might have openings for an extra five or ten builders, but they can't get them. Because our borders are closed, we can't bring in those people that are skilled enough to do so. So it's not just a supply chain um issue it, it can cover up the wider economy
2: I think I think something else that's worth mentioning is the record uh, number and amounts of building consents being issued for purchases
0: for building agree but I'll challenge that mm. because there's a ton of consents being issued how many of those actually turn into a build yeah, okay. mm. yep. and the reason I say that is how many people you come across that it might be a mum and dad trying to do a development mm. and do not have any idea what they're doing but they've bought a piece of land and thought hey i can be a developer and have a crack at that one they don't know what their cost is in what their cost is out cost per square meter time frames of holdings um all those type of things they go on involved so i think you find a lot of people buy something resource consent it and then work out actually our numbers don't work here how many properties are you seeing on the market that are being sold with resource consent being issued? Tell me. A few. <laughs> Several. <laughs> I've
2: seen a few. I can tell.
0: Yeah, you. there's a lot of that going on. So I would love to know the actual numbers mm-hmm. of uh, a resource consent being issued to what actually turns into a build. Because remember, you've got resource consent, you've got building consent. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know what actually goes through and actually developed or built on.
1: I guess if you, you chuck in another dimension to it is... Um, we all know what the leaky home saga looked like um trickle trickle yeah late late 90s into early 2000s but then um you know we wouldn't want to get to a crossroads in 12 months time or 24 months time where there's been such a shortage of materials that then the quality of the materials has dwindled um and then you take into account the CCC has been issued. Um, We don't want to be scratching our head in a a long time saying, "Well, actually, the quality of this build has come back to haunt us because there's always a flow-on effect and a delay of when something is completed to when something does turn." So that you know, that's another dimension we don't want to cross already.
0: I'll throw another one too. How many people do you know that have, because of COVID, one haven't been able to travel, two had a bit of spare cash, but three wanted to redesign or renovate their home. A lot, a lot. I would lot. love to know the uplift on renovations pre and post this COVID because, I mean, me myself as one, we were like, well, we need to redo our kitchen. So I reckon there has been record number of renovations on people's owner-occupied homes, and that creates labour and um, building material shortage too. Mm-hmm. Will it change
2: once the borders open up?
0: It will change, but it's only my personal opinion. There's always a lag, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be such a backlog of what's coming in. um, How long does that take to catch up to what's actually needed? You talk about record consents, right? So what if even half of those go through to be um, developed? We've got, if we look at the greater Auckland area, high densification of housing. We've got a new, um, I think in August it comes in, the the new Resource Management Act, where they're going to allow... Um, three dwellings, three high at 50% coverage on land without having any consent to do so. You just need building consent, not resource consent. So a lot of that might actually create to this little bubble as well. But the big thing is that costs have risen so much that can people execute what they want to do before they actually start building.
2: Can we give the listeners a bit of a snapshot in terms of what that cost increase has been just on average from like a year ago? What are we talking about? Like? Five
0: hundred a square meter, thousand square meter? Um if we're talking about like percentages, from what I'm seeing and hearing, you're going anywhere between twenty and thirty percent. Wow. And that's jumping quickly, and then to inflation on um on wages as well, and then the the um increase of the minimum wage as well, you've got to remember that that might not seem much to the average person, but a person running uh, a building business that's cash flow based, or a hospital business that's cash flow based, that minimum wage increase over 20 people might sink a business.
2: Especially small-time builders, right, who don't have the cash flow to...
0: Mate, absolutely. So there's so much of this. There's also development side. You know, developers now are going, well, man, my lead times are eighteen months to get this material. I've got to pre-order this. I've got to put down 5 10% deposits on this. I might not have that capital up front. Where do I get it from? Triple CFA Act. Banks are like, Well hang on, we're not willing to lend. You ain't got money or income or whatever it is. So a lot more scrutiny. So we might talk about building materials being one thing, but there's a huge play in the bigger economy of scales.
2: You mentioned something about the banks and did you like to touch
1: up on that? Yeah, so like if you know, I guess my question, um, you know, we get this quite often for, you know, clients that were When unconditional on a property last year on a new build, everything's set up really, really well. Most of the banks have, um, well, some of the banks have issued sort of a 12-month pre-approval, depending on what conditions were met and and where things were at. You know, there's a lot of those people that might be coming up for completion now and things are just slightly delayed. Um, But one thing we have seen from the banks is that they are taking everything on a case-by-case basis and that they will try and help people through this. You you know, can you expand on that?
2: In terms of do you mean if the costs increase or if there's a delay? Yeah
1: well like I think first and foremost if there's a delay we have seen the banks will come to the party and go cool as long as um, certain situations haven't changed drastically, um, spending hasn't gone out of control, uh, people are still in current jobs and the statement of position is equal or the same then they'll look to extend something or try to figure out a way to help the client get to the completion date. Yeah
2: they will definitely give out their hand, it's obviously common sense because the client has committed they will have costs, even if it's delayed they'll come to the party they're not trying to hang people
1: out to no, dry but
2: it's different when the costs increase and clients need more money i.e builder doesn't have the enough or extra cash to fund the extra materials they need due to prices going up that's a whole different ball game.
0: here's something i'll throw something in we've seen a lot in the media and is on the ground too developers that may not get their sums right up front pre-sell for X amount of fixed price. Site might be 18 months to be completion resource consent, building consent, materials, delays, all that kind of stuff. At the back end of it, coming up to their sunset clause time, they're like, man, we're way out. Mm. We're, We're not even gonna break even on what we've sold them for. All of a sudden, sunset clause activated, developer pulls out from the sale and purchase from the buyers, and it's resold because they either say, I need 150K more per unit, or I've got to put it back on the open market. Now, that was super favourable, um, what, late last year? And it was media-based and it was driven that way. But you've also got to feel for the developers too because they carry that risk. And that inflation risk hit them with the building um, material shortage and it, it, it busted a lot. I saw one person, um, I think, in the greater Auckland area was in liquidation over some big sites and it was purely on the pressure of cost
2: just for my knowledge would the developer then ask that original purchaser for that extra yes. fund before pulling out? i think
0: any decent developer would say hey look yeah. this is genuine the situation we can't help this are you able to come up with another 150 grand or 100k most of them would be like no some could say yes and if that's not the case they then can i don't know the legal terms but they can pull that contract out and then put that back on the open market and we know that those properties were just going like hotcakes right Now, different market, where it slowed down a bit. Good property will always sell no matter what, but it'll be interesting to see.
1: And I guess this comes back to when we always say you need a really good solicitor up front to deal with this when they're sort of purchasing something, but then if this sort of comes into the fray this is where clients need to you know understand their legal obligations on both sides and especially for coming up to a sunset clause and understanding what that looks like and you know if you've got a good advice if you've got good advice in that area will help relieve a lot of the stress for a lot of people out there
0: i think i on that subject like i felt for both sides of the party you know you had clients which were it was their dream it might have been their first time to get in they were super excited 18 months time frame and then all of a sudden was whipped without from under them and then I feel for the developer too who had probably all the good intentions too but then costs just dramatically um busted out but then there was developers out there who literally were just price gouging and going screw you I want to make an extra 500 grand here and doing it on purpose which that then defeats um what their outcomes should have been Goran I know you're very well listened to man and you had some um Questions oh, from yes, people that had thrown platform. at you over uh, some listeners. So, so did you I've, want to throw them to uh, us? Yeah, so I've got here. Oh, caught one. Yeah.
2: John Smith from Avondale asks. Um, I know is, him. Do you know him? There's yeah. a few Smiths around, <laughs> mate. What is our opinion, actually, or what, what kind of what kind of advice can we give to people who are thinking of building right now? Is it a good idea? Or is it a bad idea?
0: Do I go? to go you, you mean? You mean building as in their yeah, own home. home?
2: Yeah, own home. Yeah. So instead of buying an existing house.
0: One thing I'll say is you've always got to build in a really good contingency plan, Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is a sum of money that is going to uh, that you are willing to chew into. So, let's say you go and build for a million bucks, right? Build in a minimum of fifteen percent contingency, so you've got about one hundred fifty k sitting there for any overruns. Massively, how many times do you see people not build contingencies in, and how many times does it actually sit on budget?
2: Yeah, yeah, not very often.
0: Um, I would say if you're um, building, connect and talk to a lot of people, but connect with the right people, you know, really get your, if they're structural, really good structural engineer, really good builders that know what they're doing. Um, try getting into a fixed price contract if you can.
2: Turnkey or progress payments?
0: I think... Well, you guys would know more than me. Are turnkeys, well, turnkey's a turnkey's yeah, definitely a bit more expensive. A progress payment's a thing of the past. Nah, they're still, no, this still this still around. Going, yeah, still
1: but we we have seen it. We have seen in the, in the space of three years, we've seen it move from progress payments to only turnkey, yeah. to then coming back to slightly, slightly progress payments, yeah. to then all of a sudden, really quickly, rapidly going back to turnkey. We've seen that swing uh, twofold in the last three years alone.
0: I think going back to that um, listener's question, is you need a really good team around you. Yep. But you can't be naive around it. You need to really know what you're wanting to do. And um, you need to know your worst outcome.
2: Got another one here from uh, Dirk Digler in Wanaka. He's asking Good skier. Great skier. Yes, great length of skis, Him. Um, he's saying, well, basically what I said before, what needs to happen for, for build costs to decrease, really?
0: Well, <laughs> the supply. Yeah. It's like housing. Yeah. Mm. We've, we've chewed in too much around the housing and tampered with it. The only way you're going to get parity is supply. Even it out. That's why I encourage terraced housing. Mm. High-density living. I think it's the way forward. Um, yeah, it's is to get supply into the country and open up the borders to allow skilled people to come here and, and help. Nurses, doctors, um labourers, builders, all this type of stuff. It will help with everything. But if we can get bloody supplies here, it's going to help out, isn't it? How do we do that? Though? Shout out to Container Door. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean... That's, I think, what the world's grappling with at the moment. I see Australia now is struggling with supp- supplies in the building sector.
1: Yeah, there's, there's one thing getting, you know, the ports open and the people in the sea and the channels open, then they get to shore. You have got to have some truck drivers to actually ship that stuff around the place. You know, Australia right now has one of the biggest shortage of truck drivers actually able to distribute anything. So again, it just has a complete flow on, um, and then a delay and a catch up to actually get there.
0: Shout out to ice road truckers. Canadian ice road truckers, that is. Actually, you see, you remind me of one of them.
2: I was just going to go back to that turnkey progress payments thing, mm. and I just thought of it now. If you're halfway through the build through progress payments, and you, the bank has paid say five lots of invoices halfway through the build, there's still five to pay. So you've got a say mortgage of five hundred six hundred k. It comes to a halt, and you can't build anymore for another six months. You're still carrying those costs in terms of mortgage payments, right? As mm. opposed to a turnkey where you pay a deposit up front. You don't have any mortgage repayments until the actual property is built and you take
0: it. So turnkey, developer or builder carries the risk. Progress payments, it's shared, right? Mm-hmm. So um, but from a credit point of view, you guys know more than this me, from a credit point of view, how does a bank look at that? Are they are they really looking at a, a time frame on progress payments? When will this be completed? Is this achievable? And worst case, what are the costs that can carry out or they're not worried about that? Yeah, well, I think from a progress
1: payments point of view, from what we've seen, um, the contingency plan and not deviating off that is what will define whether the clients get it approved or not um there can't be an open-ended uh clause or legal clause in the contract saying hey this could be potentially be between 15 and 30 percent overruns they're just not going to accept that there's a really fine cut clear cut criteria from the bank around the wording uh to make sure the client is put in the best um best frame of mind does
0: a bank Run a contingency into the loan app, yep, yes, they do correct. So, on top of what you're applying and for, it, it
2: okay. used to be a wow. dead set rule of 10%. Yep, now you're looking between 10 to 15. Mm. Okay, on top, so mm. that cost is just built into the calculator on, on the loan amount that you want to pull out or borrow from them as an expense, basically. So, we want to borrow a million, that's an extra 100 to 150k on top, right?
0: Interesting. Just, Listen to this question
2: just as a fail. No, I actually answered it in two. Key and that was the
0: last okay. yeah. um, the, I suppose the other thing that we're seeing at the moment with urban sprawl is the encouragement, right, of developments and, and um, builds. What are you guys seeing from a, a, a ground floor client base point of view? Are people trying to buy existing homes or are they looking to buy new builds? Or what sort of, what are you guys seeing?
2: Well, first-time buyers in Auckland in particular who don't have 20%, they have been moved across to that new build category just because of the fact of the bank mm-hmm. rules until the recent changes from a couple of days ago in terms of a couple of banks opening the doors. But yeah, definitely somewhat of a medium shift from existing to new builds for sure.
0: i tell you what I've noticed uh, around um, some neighbourhoods, especially around me in like one true area, there's a lot of houses that are just vacant. Is that right? So I'm guessing a lot of those have been rentals and with the new legislation and tax law around non deductible people and the new laws around um, tenants I'm wondering if people are like if I don't need the money why am I going to go through the hassle of actually having a tenant in there that I may not be able to get rid
2: of There could be mortgage
0: right? I would say majority of them are actually I know two are mm-hmm. so
2: what a waste what a crisis well, we and have a sh- uh,
0: of rent <clears> and, <throat> and, a and so of that just leads on me on to my next thing is with new builds and building supply shortages right and delays on that paint the picture if you're a first home buyer and you've been renting and you've bought a new build off the plans and you expect to move into there in March this year right and that has all of a sudden been delayed by six months because of everything that's going on but you've already given your notice on your rental that rental's been filled by someone else the property manager said hey look I'd love to help you but it's gone where do you go?
2: That's a cluster. That's an, I would hate to be in that situation.
0: One, if you're lucky enough, you can go to mum and dad's and get bacon and eggs on Saturday mornings. Two. You
2: have to find somewhere else to live, mate. Exactly. <laughs> Straight away.
0: So you're then going to find another rental. Which, what does that do? Well, you have to sign it, up. But it clusters the right. rental market again. It's yeah. adding more. A person that was going to own their own home is all of a sudden having to take them another rental. And I guarantee you that is happening. Like... I mean, you mentioned to me earlier, you know someone that's had to move in with mum and dad for a bit on a, a build that's taken too long. So you can imagine how many how much that's happening across to, New Zealand. To bridge, right? to bridge that wow. Yeah. Insane. It is insane. So there's um it's not just building supplies that it's affected, is massive, it has a massive it's chain reaction hmm. hugely, you know. And I mean, I don't know how you fix it apart from time and probably government. Is there anything else you'd add to this that listeners think that would be quite... Nothing, um,
2: that covers quite a majority of Nothing
0: that you think they want to hear from this?
2: I'll give you a little case study just quickly before we wrap up. I'm currently doing one right Can now.
0: Can we call it XYZ?
2: Call it XYZ, ABC, whatever you want. Um, already delays <laughs> on a new building. They're looking at 18 months from signing, usually 12 months, and that's going to blow out. And these people are, like you said, renting with a child and... We're talking in your South Auckland sort of new build, three bedroom townhouse, mm. 800. And they're really worried that obviously because because we can't source finance now, because the turnkey, don't laugh, because I nearly started, <laughs> um, that what they're going to do for that exact example mm. you mentioned. Mm. So if you're listening out there, um, I highly think you should get in touch with someone who has been through the experience of this, someone like myself, said, okay. Um, to get some great advice
0: on it. Even a friend, family a great, member that may, just absolutely. to give you some sort of advice. You don't want to be in a bad situation. I, I agree. I think um, it comes back to there's a couple of things that um, me personally I look and I see is that I think on the development side, um, because it's been a bit of a trend, mums and dads, if they're going to do a development, my God, understand what is entailed, do your homework. Don't buy anything sight unseen. There's so many traps and it'd be cool to do a podcast on that kind of stuff as well. Um, And two, if you're building or renovating, make sure you personally have a contingency in there or access to that money, whether you have to borrow from family or friends to finish it because the last thing you can do is move into a house that doesn't have a back door for the cat. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Field. If you enjoyed this episode
1: and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with your mates or leave a rating and review.
0: To catch all the latest, you can follow us on Instagram at Podcast or send us an email at info at beyondthefield.co.nz. Thanks again, and we'll see you all next time.